We welcome Marvel back to the big screen. Loki is wrapping up. Bad Batch is still boring. Oh, yeah, and uh, Nate is here again. All this and more on this week's Geekly Bi-Week. What's up, you gorgeous geeks? Welcome back to Geekly Bi-Weekly, your new favorite podcast for all things geek news, pop culture, all that fun stuff. Uh, as usual, my name is Hogan. I'm Ida. And this week we are featuring uh, the old homie, Nate, he's back on with us. Nate, say hi or something. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me again. Absolutely, positively uh, glad to have you, man. We've got a lot going on this week. Uh, as you guys know or may not know, this is episode 10 of Geekly by Weekly. So we're just glad to have Nate here. And we're um, before we really get started on uh, today's podcast, we really figure it is a good time to uh, introduce ourselves. And uh, I guess that's something that we've never really done on here, is it? Isn't it? I mean, we had the... Uh, the intro videos on our Instagram yeah. and our Twitter. But other than that, we really have never really introduced ourselves as to who we are and what we like to do. So I'm going to pass the torch over to you, Ida. As usual, it's going to be ladies first. Give me what you got. Let's talk about you. Okay, guys. So I'm Ida. I, uh, yeah, definitely a bit of a nerd. I spend a lot of my time just knitting. I skate. I just doom scroll through Instagram and Twitter because don't we <laughs> all these days? And <laughs> I for sure just uh, really love being here, um, just talking about nerdy things, thinking about even very simple plot points and concepts and trying to find little nuances to them. Um, it just, those little intricacies within characters really interest me. Um, yeah, I just, I'm kind of just that person, I guess. Uh, yeah. What about you, Hogan? Uh, I am. Um, uh, let me introduce myself. My name is Hogan, um, and I kind of run the show here. Not to brag or anything, but uh, I would not be able to be able to be here and do what I am doing now uh, without my wonderful team backing me up. Uh, so I just got to give a quick shout out to Matt, as we usually do, and Ida. Uh, give some them some love because, as usual, they they're really one of the biggest driving forces on this on this podcast, and I cannot be more thankful than I am to, to be able to do this with them. But uh, I'm Hogan. I'm 28. I'm from Southern, Southern California. And um, I play guitar. I play bass. I play a lot of video games. Uh, I work two jobs. I work with kids and I love what I do. Both jobs actually. Um, most days you'll find me at my, uh, at my store. Uh, and when I'm not there, you'll find me sitting on the couch playing Apex. Uh, for anyone that plays on uh, PlayStation, you can find me there, Cardi C666. Let's play, let's run a couple rounds, um, and you can see just how terrible I am at this game. Um, I, I, I dedicate myself to making sure that other people are cool and other people are doing okay because I've always lived by the philosophy that you got to make sure that you leave someplace better than you found it and i think that uh that goes for people as well you gotta leave them better than you found them um uh, all in all i i like to think that i'm a pretty decent person and uh i like to make sure that people are looked after you know yeah you definitely do that uh hogan is probably one of the sweetest kindest most genuine people that i have the luxury of having in my life so truly let's take a moment to just really appreciate all that he does for this podcast all that he has oh, done stop. to make this happen um and just yeah no really you are a, a force in this world and a beacon of just good 
Girl, I love you too. Um, we're going to pass it over to Matt right now, though. We're going to see what he has to say. Uh, Matt, introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of, give us a little bit of something about you. My name is Matt. I'm the editor of this podcast. I'm an audio engineer of 11 years. I produce music in my spare time, and I play drums. I grew up watching the Star Warses, even the bad ones. I've also played quite a bit of Nintendo games in my lifetime. And another fun fact, I'm recording this at 4 a.m. Wow, so interesting. And I Thank heard everything you. that you said. Cool. Um, he, he had to record his parts afterwards because he can't be here with us tonight. Anyways, we love you, Matt. Um, it, it's, it's always a pleasure working with you, and we can't thank you. I mean, personally, I know I can't thank you enough for all that you do for this podcast. Um, with that being said, we're just going to talk, or we're going to start with the, uh, the, the elephant in the room, the, uh, newest release that we've been waiting for so long. Black Widow has finally released into theaters after the year long, year and a half long wait that it took for them to put it because, you know, Corona hit. We had all that nonsense to deal with. Mm -hmm. Let's start with first thought. Uh, I'm going to pass this one over to Ida first. Tell us, what do you think about it? Um, I thought overall it was really enjoyable. It was a fun kind of uh, way to get back into the Marvel movies. But that being said, I, I thought it was good. It was great. It was my favorite. Um, I thought there were some really interesting points. But overall, it was it, it was not at the caliber that I think we're used to seeing. Um, and that could just be me. But uh, what about you, Nate? Initial thoughts. So... I went into this the same way that I went into Winter Soldier, which was, this isn't the Marvel movie that looks interesting to me, but let's see it. I ended up seeing Winter Soldier, and I ended up having a lot of fun and loving it. This one? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 that's all I could say, really, is, is like, it was fun, but I did not receive it the same way I did with Winter Soldier, for sure. What about you, Hogan? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm the same way when it comes to this movie. I, I really, really wanted to enjoy it more than I did. I brought it up to a couple people, like, right after watching the movie, and namely my partner, Kelsey, and my sister, Lexi. And right off the bat, they're like, oh, you didn't enjoy it because you hate women, which is... <laughs> Uh, a stretch to say the least because i love women i think they are wonderful and i'm not reading this off of a script um totally not being told to say that right exactly. at this moment <laughs> um i thought it was a fun summer movie but it just wasn't the movie for me right yeah well one of the things i know i mentioned to you hogan uh right after seeing it was that it felt just a little bit phase one um, and I think it's just because there was so much kind of getting everything set up for potential character development in the future, but it just, it felt definitely much more like phase one caliber of like very Captain America, the first Avenger or the first Iron Man, you know? Yeah. I just, not the, not the caliber we've seen in the last phases. Yeah. It did feel like it was a lot of, uh, just a lot of setup for, uh, and we're going to get into that at the, like later on in the episode. Because they uh, they did do a big setup for the next Marvel series that's going to be coming out on uh, Disney Plus, but um, it, it mm. I'm gonna pass this one over to you, Nate, since you're the guest. I want to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, let's get a little more in depth on this one. I know that we have a few talking points about it that I am going to bring up for sure, but give us give us your thoughts. Sure. Well, um, so first of all, I just want to say that I'm I'm kind of setting the mood. Um, I poured myself a little glass of vodka just to. Uh, <laughs> just to uh, 
kind of put myself in a little bit in the mood, get in the get in the Russian espionage kind of kind of way, um, because that's what this was to me. It was it was a it was a Russian espionage movie, and mm-hmm. when. I'm going to see a Marvel movie. I'm I'm one of those dumb fans that are like, I want to see the people with the powers. Like I I want to <laughs> see p- things go boom, magical stuff and and it's it's just I felt like at points I was just watching like Fast and the Furious, you know? Like there were a lot of there were a lot of car flips and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And again, there are there are there's the audience out there for this exact thing, there are people out there that are 150% happy with this. And they believe that, um, uh, Natasha Romanoff really got her, really got her moment in the sun and really got what she's been earning for almost uh, like 10 years now. Right. She came in in Iron Man two. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of people that, w- that are happy with this one. Me, it's just not my Marvel movie. You know, that being said, it was super fun. It was fun and it moved a mile a minute. It was a lot of fun and you're, you're absolutely right. I am going to keep saying that over and over and I'm not trying to be too critical of it. I feel like they did a really good job for a Marvel movie because like you said, we're used to seeing like these big like superpowers and explosions and magic and shit. They did a really good job for a movie where none of the characters had any kind of special powers. Yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, that seems to be what a lot of people have been looking for. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's something that I am, uh, I guess, being a little harsh about it on is that it, I kind of wanted more of a uh, explodey kind of thing. It felt a little too family drama ish for me. <laughs> that being, said, I mean, like like everyone's got their family drama and. Everyone's got like a dysfunctional uncle or erectile dysfunction. No, um, but it's <laughs> projectile dysfunctional. I feel like I expected more. What'd you say? I said projectile dysfunctional. Right? There was a couple of there was a couple of wrong <laughs> shots in that movie. Right? <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was fun. Like I keep saying, it was fun. Um, but all in all, it was just not the movie for me. Let's go. Let's. I'm going to hand it over to Ida. Give me a little more in depth on that one. What do you think? Um, I think Nate really kind of said it best with the fact that it is a Russian espionage movie. Um, there's a lot of action. It's it's definitely kind of a spy movie. Um, it definitely got the family dynamic, and it was really the key focus of the movie. But watching the trailers, you could tell that that was really what it was going to be. And the chemistry between all four of the actors were really great. Um, you know, it was really kind of believable as this very dysfunctional kind of family. Um, all in all, I think that the kind of point that drove the movie of, you know, the trying to release the other widows from that uh, control was was really interesting um i thought that was a twist that we don't usually get to see in a lot of movies um with this being the one of the newer female-led marvel movies as well it definitely kind of sets up for good things but uh another interesting point i noticed why are both of the female-led marvel movies set in the past like why? I was I was going to ask the same thing. And the other thing I was going to ask is, why does it just feel like the female-led Marvel movies don't get given enough 
juice. They don't, they don't, they seem like they're not backed like the other ones are. And I think it could be so much better. Captain Marvel is odd, like arguably one of the most powerful Marvel heroes like to ever cross the screen and her movie is totally forgettable. Yeah. Well, and it just, it's almost like the writers are too tentative to really pack a punch and really just treat it as any other superhero movie. Like you, you don't have to do all these things to make it, oh, look, it's a female led movie. Let's really kind of almost pander to that. Just let it exist. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that DC did really well with the first Wonder Woman was that was a really, it packed a punch. It also kind of had some depth to it. Whereas this, I feel like it was just a little lacking, but all in all, it was, it was a fun movie, but it is definitely going to go on kind of that more forgettable for me. Agreed. That being said, I do want to, I do want to get into the villain a bit. Um, Yes. Oh, by the way, um, as usual, um, spoiler alert, we're walking into spoiler territory when we, talk about stuff like this there was a part near the end of the movie where he was talking about like how he's got this whole black widow initiative going and at the push of a button like he can have all this random bullshit happen and then he says that he's going to use earth's uh it was something about most expendable resource yeah and then he goes women yeah and i was like this is fucking gross and i hate everything about this I want to leave. This is not the movie for me. It felt really fucking weird and exploitative, which I guess is a good thing. Well, not a good thing because you don't want to be exploitative or whatever. Um, it felt weird and exploitative because that's how women feel. Yeah. And I'm not saying this as a woman because I am not a woman, nowhere near a woman. Um, from what I've heard from other women's experience in my life, that's how they feel. They, they feel like they are just there to be... A, a symbol, a status, a a trophy. An object. Something to be controlled. Yeah, no, for sure. At the same time, watching it, I feel like maybe you had a more adverse reaction to it than I did because it was also just like, oh, yeah, I've met dudes like that. Like, they're everywhere. God, that's so fucking so, gross. Yeah, it's awful. But at the same time, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, no, it it's gross and it's kind of skeezy and whatnot, but also... That's just kind of the way the world works with a lot of men in power. Um, so maybe that's just my cynical outlook. And maybe it is, and maybe it's not so cynical. Yeah, and, and that's the unfortunate thing. And, and what I was going to ask you, Ida, is that um, so all of that being said and, and how he was uh, how he was basically just the the entire he was the real villain would you say that he was uh he was a good representation of the sleaziness like would you say that marvel kind of nailed it oh for sure yeah i i think that they did a really good job kind of towing that line of that kind of superhero status where he's controlling all of these women across the globe with the push of a button but also making it very realistic and kind of within the realm of possibility, uh, especially since this really wasn't power focused, save for the Red Guardian, um, David Harbour's character, right? That's his name. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one with superpowers. He's the super soldier. But for the fact that it really was just kind of people existing. Yeah, I think it did a really good representation of that gross man who has too much power and just is going to be a misogynistic dickbag. <laughs> yeah, he definitely had like the reverse Charlie's Angels thing going. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. What, Chucky's Devils? I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, take that one back right? to the board, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to talk about Taskmaster. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Once again, like we keep saying, spoilers, blah, blah, blah. Taskmaster in this movie was the main villain's daughter who was supposed to have been killed uh, by Black Widow uh, after they got after she got information from her. Um, and she was also like, what, a whole nine, ten years old? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The twist on this one was that uh, Taskmaster was the main villain's daughter who, uh, I guess, trained her the same way that uh, he had the other widows trained, except that this person uh, can watch someone do something and do it perfectly right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's that's on exactly, well, not exactly, that's on par for how they are in the comics when they were played, uh, when their character was originally uh, Anthony Tony Masters from New York. Um, but the they... Bronx. What? I said, the Bronx? Oh, God, was he from the Bronx? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, jeez. There's too many characters from New York in this, in this uh, series. <laughs> Anyways, um... Yeah, he, it, it it was cool, and I love Taskmaster. I think Taskmaster is a great villain, but the fact that they kind of freed her at the end, which, you know, that was the the goal. That's what you're supposed to do at the end of the movie is either kill the bad guy or set them free somehow. Um, mm-hmm. I would still like to see more of them as a villain. That's my problem. They, they, they did the same thing that they did with Claw in um, Black Panther, where they killed them off way too quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, so with Taskmaster and and well, I guess we should say Taskmistress. I don't know. Um, I think that the the original comic one where where it's just this it's this guy that has this weird ability to mimic anybody he fights like with a mirror image. Basically, um, there's been some dispute on whether or not it's a power, right? But um, it's it's something that he basically just he trains villains to fight heroes and and he sets them out to fight these, you know, hence the name Taskmaster. And they kind of went a really different way and they really only kept the mimic feature, which seemed to be computer driven. It was like a, it was a, a chip in the back where it's like the prime directive. Right. And mm-hmm. then yeah. when they walked in on taskmaster for the first time, like in his little or in her little dungeon um, room, whatever, she was studying cliff fighting. If you, you know, she was studying Hawkeye Yeah, and yeah. Um, maybe in preparation for fighting Natasha. Now that I think about it. Oh, totally. It was totally in the setup for, oh, I'm going against Nat. Let me train up. Yeah. Yeah, and you're not wrong. Um, I, the, I'm going to kind of uh, go against what you're saying. Um, I don't really feel like he was or she was watching uh, Cliff or a Hawkeye fight. Rather, I feel like that she was watching a Widow fight because in the clip there that you were talking about, it was Widow and Hawkeye fighting. Uh, what? Oh no! No, yeah, that was Civil War. Yes, um, it was a clip from them fighting in Civil War, which I don't know how they got that footage, but whatever, go off. Um, <laughs> well, it just looked like security footage, so I'm sure that they could have hacked in. Yeah, I mean, they fought in the middle of an airport. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not wrong about that, but it, it looked like it was like overhead footage, like like basically just ripped from the movie. Oh, mm. 
I, I read it more as like, oh, it's security cameras in the location that kind of caught it. But for sure. And then as well, I, I think, Hogan, you may be right in that, that Taskmaster was focusing more on Nat because then in the following, like the subsequent fight that they have together, they're doing the same moves. Yeah. And that's like a whole plot bit. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a big part of that fight. Yeah, because they, they started fighting like right after and then the vials and then the pictures and blah, 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 blah. I feel, I, I said this earlier and I wanted to make sure that I bring it up here. Um, I feel like this movie would have been better as a Disney Plus series because they could have gone more into, more in depth with a lot of these characters. 100%. Yeah. Like like a, a six episode run like they're doing with Loki or uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. It would have given us more time to start feeling for these certain characters rather than introducing them to us or introducing them to us and then having trying to force us to feel for them within the two hour time span that the movie was and then being like, all right, cool. Well, they got to go now. Right. Yeah, for sure. But all in all, I felt like this movie was um, just okay. But Ida was saying that uh, Florence Pugh carried this movie. I love Florence Pugh. Mm -hmm. I feel like David Harbour was like, the best person in this movie. Anyone? So, what do you think, Nate? Well, I was I was waiting for one of y'all to to do it. Um, <laughs> no. So, David Harbor as as Red Guardian. Let me just say, like, oh my god, like Daddy, like he's he's awesome. <laughs> like, like he he was he was my favorite thing about the movie but i'm a big sucker for comedic relief and his character just nailed it like that's what just, i'm saying that's what i love so much about him yes yeah so i would say i would say david harbour as red guardian was was my champion but florence Pugh was a very close second because she did i i truly i would agree with the fact that yeah she carried the movie <laughs> yeah i think that with Florence, she she really kind of carried it. I think she brought a lot of levity um, to it. And as well, she's just a phenomenal actress. And she made it, you know, when she needed to be funny, she was funny. When she needed to be really, you know, serious and to the point and kind of traumatized by her upbringing, she was exactly that. Like, it just, it was a really solid performance from her. And I think that David Harbour did a fantastic job as the comic relief. There were definitely the moments of kind of drama of him throwing it back and definitely living in the glory days and those things. There was nuance to his character, but I just, I don't feel like you got to go as deep with him. So he really just, for me, came across as the comic relief instead of like being a wholeheartedly rounded performance, if that makes sense. I agree. I, I can yeah. agree with that. It, he was just, he was... He was there for the for the funny funnies, and he also he he did provide really good action. I loved the breakout. Yeah, mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. And um, and then just from the moment he put on his suit to the rest of the movie was just it was just gold. Yeah, his when he whispers the Red Guardian and stands <laughs> up, I just lost it. Like. <laughs> I, I did like that sweet little moment, though, like after uh, Florence Pugh and his character were uh, kind of like arguing with each other. And she's like, get out. And he starts singing uh, whatever the song is. The, uh, American, American Pie. Pie. Is it called American Pie? I never, never remember that. I just know that that song goes on for like four years for no fucking reason. <laughs> um, 
I'm not wrong, and you know you it, are. Nate. That song is so long. It's like seven. I've minutes only long. listened. I've only <laughs> listened to the Weird Al version. So okay. Well, this um, has been a good podcast. Good night, guys. I am. Um... Yeah. N- never having Nate back. Learned our lesson. God, why does everyone? <laughs> He's not even white. Why does he love? Why do? Do you? Do you like uh, Weird Al? Oh no! I just I, as a kid, I remember that "Bye Bye Mr. Anakin" guy one, and it was all Star Warsy, and I just remember singing it as a kid. Well, I mean, it could be worse. Uh, my partner loves, like, loves loves Weird Al, and I'm just I just don't get it. Anyways, we're not going off onto that right now. I I can appreciate <laughs> him, but like, I'm I'm not just gonna throw on a Weird Al tune. Anyways, back to Widow. <laughs> yes, back to Widow. <laughs> Um, speaking of Widow and um, terribleness, um, it felt like, don't get me wrong, I do really like um, Scarlett Johansson. I think that she is good at what she does when she does it right. In this movie, she felt very one note the entire time. Yep. Yep. And don't get me wrong, she played the hell out of that note, but after a while, I was like, cool, can we do something else? Yeah. Yeah. At the same time... I feel like that's been pretty solidly her widow performance. Oh, yeah, but I think I got just about to say that. <laughs> You're not wrong. You are absolutely correct about that. But with with her widow performance in the other movies, it was like all the other characters and Black Widow. So you wouldn't have yeah. to deal with that one note for too long. When it was this movie, it was just the entirety, like the entire movie was just that. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think I just don't think she was ever I don't think she was ever really drawn out enough. She was always just kind of at someone's aid and uh, she was just kind of like the homie that was there and we got the really cool um uh, relationship between her and Banner in Ultron. But then just like like that was the most I liked Black Widow in the series. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I liked her a lot more, a lot more in um, Infinity War. In Infinity War and in Endgame, I felt like she was good. In in Age of Ultron, uh, Joss Whedon, damn his soul, he really, really fucked her in that movie. He, she deserved a lot better rather than her being just that character that was like, oh, I'm a monster because I can't have children. Wow, wow, wow. Like, she was just a side character. She was just... In that movie, she felt to me like she was just there to be there, mm. like 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 she was just there to aid Bruce's uh, character development and where he went. Because if you really look at it, all she did in the movie multiple times was be like, "Oh yeah, we need we need a uh, Hulk to calm down. We're the sun's getting real low." And then at one point, she's like, "Man, fuck the sun!" And then pushes him out of something, and he comes back up as the Hulk, and is like. We needed the big guy. I'm sorry. Like, she, she, Joss Whedon kind of fucking killed her character for me in that movie. And then the Russo brothers came along and I feel gave her more of a redemption uh, as far as her character and her story went. Yeah. Yeah. Like, went, uh, when you say went, you mean like went off the cliff? <laughs> I was thinking, why is she always fallen? Like, she's consistently just let me propel myself as fast as I can towards the ground. For me, it it almost feels like with the Russo brothers with Infinity War and Endgame, you can almost see Scarlett Johansson thinking, oh, thank God, this is almost over. Mm-hmm. I can put this character to rest. Um, and so I think this kind of gave that final, like, all right, now she's done 
and like she's not going to be seen in the universe any likely but yeah it just it almost felt like she got bored after age of ultron and was just kind of seeing the end of her contract out so it wasn't always the most dynamic performances and i don't know if that's necessarily due to the script writing and she was doing the best that she could with the script she was given or the editing or what is it but like it just it kind of feels like she's done with the character and so i'm kind of glad that this is her last hurrah as much as i liked her character in endgame i feel like in the middle of the movie her character fell a little flat you know Boo. Oh. oh, you had to try that one again? Yeah, I did. And you know what? It landed anyways, so fight me about it. Just like she did. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, God, Scar Joe, we're sorry, but we're not sorry at all. You're rich. It's fine. <laughs> right? Uh, we are going to jump to the ending of the movie, or not the ending of the movie just yet, I guess. Um, actually, yeah, no, fuck it. We're just going to jump to the ending of the movie because... Uh, as I'm sure you saw, Nate, uh, there was an after credit scene. You, um, you want to know? I actually have a funny story about that. Um, but real quick. Jesus Christ, did you not see I, it? I, I, I did and I didn't. So just <laughs> real real fast. Wow. I, I just want to point something out before we move on to this part, this ending part. Um, uh, my girlfriend Joey and I, we, we, we came out of the movie today and we kind of had like the same thought of like, we would have really liked to see more of young Natasha Natalie in the red room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like we were we were teased with that stuff so much in past movies and then like there was nothing of her in the red room. Like I would have loved to see them like break her like cuz she has spirit, you know? Like I would have mm-hmm. loved to see all the super crappy things that they did to her and more so how she got out. And I just, we, we kind of really got none of that. Yeah, there was not enough backstory. I think that's why it really would have served better as a Disney Plus show, like Hogan pointed out. Like, it just, I feel there could have been a whole episode dedicated to them getting set up in Ohio, the family dynamic, the Red Room and breaking of Natasha. You get a bit of the Red Guardian and how the Red Guardian kind of came about. You get the breaking out of the Widows. You know, there's so much that they could have done. And maybe that's why the movie has just been okay. Yeah, I I would agree with that. It wasn't what we were promised. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked to see it as a Disney Plus series as well. Um, But that's actually what does bring us to this next point is um, we saw... Taylor, you got to say her name because I keep fucking it up. Florence Pugh. (laughs) Not the other one. Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, Valentina. And I did the exact same thing in the theater when you're like, you're going to have to say her name. And I was like, Florence? And you're like, no. <laughs> and I completely <laughs> forgot that that happened. So. No, he's no, all, no, he's I all, mean. Elaine, Elaine. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Perfect. I did not expect to see her character at the end of the, 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 the movie. Not at all. Yeah. Um, I'm not, yeah, Nate, you said that you saw it, but you didn't see it. What? Tell us that story real quick so that we can so, tell you what happened. So I had a I had a job interview today and I was expecting a call. And I got a call right before the end credit happened. And so I darted out of the theater. And so I had Joey um, explain it to me like verbatim. And it's a pretty self, it's a pretty easy to explain cutscene, which I'm glad for. Um mm-hmm. that I mean 
you know what though? Hey, Madam Hydra sounds like she's coming, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For those that didn't see it for some fucking reason, because you haven't learned after all these years to stay after the credits for fucking real. Elaine shows up and <laughs> <laughs> Elaine shows up as, as Madam Hydra. So you've got Yelena. She's visiting Natasha at her grave. So it's obviously post end game. She has kind of a touching moment where they do the whistle call and she's kind of setting up the uh, tombstone to look nice. And as she's just relaxing, you've got Madame Hydra loudly blowing her nose uh, and letting essentially Yelena know like, hey, I've got a job for you. Uh, You gotta, you gotta go. And we find out that the person that Yelena is now being sent after is Hawkeye. So that kind of leads me to think that it's setting up for the Hawkeye Disney Plus show, which has yet to have a release date, but it's set to be late this year. So here's what here's what I kind of took from all of that is that what we're getting is the anti-fury setting up the anti-Avengers, which we all know that that's that was what the whole Madam Hydra arc you know, essentially is in a lot of the runs, but we have already got us agent, right? Yep. And uh, now we're going to have, we're going to have junior widow, you know? Um, we also have, I mean, we, you know what? We got a lot of general Ross in this movie and that yeah, makes I was gonna me bring that think up too. that Thunderbolt Ross is coming red Hulk. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's not, that, that's a missed opportunity. He is in the, he is in the, in the, in the comics. Mm-hmm. I don't see why they wouldn't bring that to the big screen. That'd be fucking rad to see. That's what I'm saying, right? Because Red Hulk just dunks on Hulk. So I, it it would be fun to see for sure. And it sounds like that's kind of the way they're going, but I'm being hopeful. At the same time, it would really line up for the next phases. Like they've, they've really have been kind of forthcoming in a lot of their foreshadowing and setup. So Considering the fact that we have Madam Hydra, we have U.S. Agent, we now have Junior Widow, that's the only reasonable explanation. It's just whether it's going to be a show or a movie. Ooh. And we've also seen that Abomination's coming back. Yep. <laughs> do So do you think they're going to go somewhere with Abomination, or do you think he's just going to he's gonna be a one-off, like, hey, here you go, guys, there's a little wink? Well, I don't know, because in the in the trailer, he, it's even already been confirmed that he's fighting um, Wong from yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Doctor Strange. So it would be kind of, I don't know, silly to me for them to be just be like, oh, yeah, um, here's Wong and Abomination in the same thing. Uh, but that's all you guys are going to get because it doesn't mean anything, I promise. Yeah, let's not pan this out. Yeah, that's, uh, but you know what? That's kind of the way they treat Hulk. Like, they really don't want to give Hulk, like, his own stuff. They, he, there is nothing that follows Banner on his own since Edward Norton. At the same time, I feel like with Ruffalo's contract, they probably are going to have to do something before he's fully gone. Yeah, I hope so. Just to put it out. Because otherwise, what are they going to do? They're just going to kill him off in a a separate movie or something like that? Like, how does that work then if you just avoid giving him a project entirely? I would really like to see uh, Ruffalo's Hulk go against uh, uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Like... Mm. Oh, yeah. Like a Green Hulk versus Red Hulk would be phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be really good. But yeah, that, that's, I guess that's where really the movie leaves off is with um, 
insert her name here. Julia Louise Seinfeld. Thank you. Being like, yeah, we're going to send you after the person that really killed Natasha. Uh, and we're just going to have Florence Pugh's character, which I'm so glad we're going to be seeing more of her because she is so hot. Um, she needs to stay in Marvel. Yeah, she does really good in Marvel. I want that outfit so bad. She well, and and let's let's call a spade a spade. She does well in everything. She she yeah is so impressive as an actor. Like it it seriously like Little Women. Oh my god! Like She's she a she was awesome. And and um and honestly too, like like Hogan said, like she's just so cute. Like I just want to put her in my pocket, right? With her little Russian accent. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's for sure a powerhouse performer. And then, yeah, I want that outfit so damn bad. I will <laughs> rip it off of her. Because it was just, who doesn't want two forms of plaid? Yellow plaid. Anyways, I digress. I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say me. I don't want two forms of plaid. I don't even want one form of plaid. I'm good. Thank you. How dare you get off this podcast? It's not yours uh, anymore. Because I don't want to look like the brawny man. Thank you very much. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to look he, like the brawny man? He just can't pull it off. No. Oh. Never mind. I am um, not going to say that. Hey, we're going to move forward in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, uh, speaking with, of Disney Plus. Hey, so episode, um, <laughs> episode five of Loki. Technically, gonna, we, we didn't cover episode four either, but we should probably just do episode five because we're already. It's going to be a long episode, guys. This is going to be a long episode. We just spent, what, 40 minutes just talking about. Black Widow. Widow, yeah. What even happened in episode four? Oh, episode four. Wait, hold on, Nate. You're Here, all let, up, right? let me pull up my notes. I've got episode four. The whole fight scene with the timekeepers. That's kind of a a big, a big deal. Um. Yeah. Uh, Sylvie fucking beheads the timekeepers, and then they laugh like a bunch of fucking monsters, and that was terrifying to hear. Yeah. Can I ask life. you guys something? Yeah. Did you understand anything any of them said? I did not know. I okay. sure did because cool. I had subtitles on. You old man. It's for my partner. I mean, me. I had subtitles on too, but I just, I was writing notes and not able to understand how. Yeah, it. it was just super like it. Okay. So it wasn't something characteristic. It would just sounded like shitty editing. Like, I, I can't believe that made it out of production. Like, I can't <laughs> believe nobody was like, we got to make them more legible. Like they have to be able to understand. Cause like I've seen memes about it where people are like, you didn't hear that shit. Right. <laughs> oh, no. See, I didn't have an issue with it, I guess because I did have the, um, the, the subtitles on, but also I figured that they were supposed to sound big and booming and echoey in their big echo chamber that they had. Yeah. Okay. So we're just going to cover the end of episode four real quick. Uh, Cause there is one part about it that I did want to bring up that I saw someone talk about on tiktok um the timekeepers uh get their heads or one of them gets their heads chopped off and uh, it turns out that they're just androids mm -hmm. and then loki gets his ass pruned uh and then wakes up in another dimension where the other loki variants are but we got to talk about the uh the symbol that is behind the timekeepers when they are talking mm. Ooh, tell me about it um i'm sure we're not, I'm sure you guys don't remember what it looks like, and that's fine. But someone brought up a good point magic doesn't work at all in the in the TVA. That symbol behind them looked a lot like a rune from um, 
WandaVision. Ooh. Yeah. I actually didn't notice that. Yeah. Okay. So, like, if you, uh, I'm sure you can find it on the internet right now while we're talking about it. But, like, if you look at it, there's a symbol behind them in the, like, giant glowing red. And someone brought up the fact that it looks like it could have been, or it might be a rune from, like, another spellcaster, which, as we learned from WandaVision, when they have their runes set up in a certain area, magic doesn't work other than the person or for the per- other than the person that set up the runes, which would make sense as to why no one else is able to do any sort of magic there. Oh my goddess. Okay. It makes sense. I doubt that's the road that they're going to go, but it makes sense. Okay, so I'm looking at it right now and Damn, if that doesn't look like a Scarlet Witch rune. That's what I'm saying. Oh, my goodness. That, and then it gets worse. I saw another theory that as to who is in the, uh, because at the end of episode five, we find the, uh, or we see the giant castle that um, that is like basically running the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the very top of it, we see some orange glowing light, right? Like in, in the little dome area. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, the same, almost similar to the same color as we see, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dr. Strange is when he uses his magic. Ooh. Okay. So what if the person that's in that castle is Mordo from the ending of Dr. Strange, oh. who we haven't seen since? Hey, now. Okay. That was better than, that was better than my theory. What do you think? I thought that they were going to do Kang the Conqueror. I thought they're setting up Kang. And they most definitely are. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. They definitely are setting up for Kang because he's supposed to be coming in uh, Aquamania. No. Um, qu- <laughs> Quantumania. <laughs> Aquamania. Aquamania. <laughs> now, water sounds like a water park. <laughs> Aquamania. <laughs> It sounds like a 90s water park where it's like, whoa, Aquamania. <laughs> I love this. Um, cool. We're going to open up a water park and then call it Aquamania. <laughs> yeah, but it's got to be super janky. It's got to be like action park level bad. I was just going to say like action park. Oh, my God. That'll be incredible. We'll have like there has to be risk. There has to be risk to health at all times. Yeah, oh, exactly. 100%. The hot dogs that you eat there, they're boiled in the jacuzzi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. No, thank Just God. No, people-flavored hot dogs. The chef people is hot in the jacuzzi. The chef, the, the hot dog, dog guy is in the jacuzzi with it, yeah. Um, and, then, and, then he goes, and then he goes, whoa, 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 that's not a hot dog. Hold up. <laughs> oh, no. Now I'm just imagining him with, like, a bayonet of hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> He's like fly or not fly fishing, like uh, spear fishing for hot dogs. <laughs> now that's dangerous. Because <laughs> once again, whoa, whoa, that's not a hot dog. Um, <laughs> where were we? Um, oh yeah, ending of episode four uh, with all the theories that were just kind of tossing out there at this point. Um, Ida, I'm going to pass it over to you because you have all the notes on episode five. Let's have a small, quick breakdown on this one. Yeah, okay. So, um, start of the episode, we've got uh, Ravona and Miss Minutes kind of going through restricted files. They have a whole thing, and Miss Minutes seems heckin' sus. Um, sus as fuck. Uh, kind of moving along, we get 
a lot of time kind of in between the Lokis, which to break it down, we've got the initial Tom Hiddleston Loki. We've got the classic Loki, which is played by Richard E. Grant. We've got Kid Loki, who's played by Jack Veal, and Boastful Loki, who's played by Diobia uh, Opry. We literally looked this up, and I we apologize for butchering so the name. Um, and then, of course, Gator Loki, who's played by CGI. <laughs> um, A stuffed aminal. You, yeah. you said played by CGI. I was like, wait, who is that? I've never heard of them before. See, his name is his name is Corey Grant. Uh, what's Inglewood. the last name that starts with I? Image. It- <laughs> <laughs> I am Corey Grant. Image. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, go on, continue. No, so they kind of have a a moment where they're chatting um, and essentially talking about Eliath, which is this cloud of doom, seemingly, that just devours whatever gets close to it. Uh, They liken it to a shark, because once it smells blood in the water, it attacks. That big plot point. Um, Mm -hmm. Then (laughs) you've got uh, kind of a fight that happens in between they escape all while this is happening mobius and sylvie end up connecting because sylvie after speaking with ravana and uh discovering that pruning just takes you to this alternate dimension prunes herself to try and find our original loki and ends up getting in contact with mobius and uh they decide they're going to try to find him within the world uh Ravana goes, talks to Hunter B-15, who uh, is currently in a time cell, just trying to find out about Sylvie's motivation, which is revenge. Duh. Again, I think (coughs) she knows a little bit more than she's letting on. Um, All in all, it then kind of boils into some uh, softer moments when Mobius, Sylvie, Loki, and the additional, I guess it's three, because Boastful gets left behind. Boastful gets his ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah, Boastful goes out like a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong, and I hate it because, of course, they're going to kill the one black Loki. Yeah. The one. (laughs) I also loved the moment where uh, Emperor Loki gets his hand fucking chomped off by Gator Loki. (laughs) I laughed so hard. It was beautiful. Dude, that that was the moment where I was like, Oh, this is a funny bit. It's not a big plot point. It's just a funny thing that's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just Emperor Loki's a little bitch. So Gator Loki's <clears throat> going to do exactly what he should do and bite off his fucking hand and making him. But uh, goddamn, Emperor Loki looked good. Like, like he, the, the way that they kept pushing his image on us for so long, yeah. they really made us think that that was just Loki. And then he just shows up and makes us laugh and dips. Like, yeah. It was so weird. Just comedy relief. Like that was it exactly. for the episode. But yeah, so Sylvia essentially figures that she can take down Eliath, which if she does, that should open the quote unquote end of the dimension um, by enchanting it, which leads to this massive fight to trying and uh, enchant it where the two of them have to come together and they, with the help of classic Loki and his badass illusion skills uh ends up making mm. that work and that that's basically it in a nutshell uh 
oh boy, Richard E. Grant as classic Loki was so fucking good. It was brilliant. Phenomenal. So good. And I wish we got to see more of him. That being said, I also am surprised that I remembered his full name without having to look it up. <laughs> Golf cart. Yeah, Golf cart. Um, I think that it was a nice little, I think that it was a nice little taste of classic Loki. I'm glad he's not on screen anymore because that costume looks stinky. So <laughs> I, I think that it's, it's, it's okay. You know, he went out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, I think he was there for the exact length of time he needed to be. Yeah. Uh, I uh, going back to TikTok because that's how I spend my days. Um, I saw someone said that they needed to put different music on that spot, like when he was building all that shit up. And of course, they put the classic "I Need a Hero" over that scene, and it just works so well. So that song needs to be in literally everything forever from now on. It does. I'll just leave it in Shrek Two where it belongs. Thank you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That was a great cover, though. Is there a way to kick him from this conversation? I gotta. <laughs> he's got. He got to go. <laughs> um, and also, it was originally Footloose, so uh, fight me about it. It was Fairy Godmother, dude. Yeah, I swear. Th- that's how I first heard it. So. <laughs> no, nah, you're right about that. No, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. Anyways, um, we need to talk about Miss Minutes for a minute because uh, she knows more than she's letting on. Absolutely. Because they're not asking the right questions. I feel like it's very um, like iRobot. Can, can I just say that I am I am attracted to Miss Minutes? Oh, dead air. All right. <laughs> uh, cool. Oh, that's, that's fine. No. I'm sticking with it. She's played by Tara Strong. Tara Strong's beautiful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a absolutely but, um No, I loved, I loved her little twang on her voice. I think it's so cute. Yeah, she's sassy as fuck. Don't get me wrong. She's very fun. That being said, uh, no, not that being said. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. Actually, I am gonna go there. And Matt, you're just gonna edit this out. That being said, I'm not trying to give the cock to a clock. All right, it's it's not. Oh, Matt, oh, leave that in. Man. <laughs> you have to keep that in. That's so good, dude. Oh yeah. If we have to keep up with the Chucky's Devils, that stays in. <laughs> Chucky's Devils. You're welcome for that one, too. Um, Yeah, what do we think that she knows that we don't know? I think she knows exactly who's running, is the quote-unquote timekeeper. Like, I think she knows a lot. Nate, what are you thinking about her? Y'all might be more observant than I am because I, while watching her show, because we're talking about when she's flipping through the files in front of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the way that I took it was like, she was doing this research that she's never really been asked to do. And she's kind of like, what's going on guys? Like, why are you making me look for this stuff? Like, is something going to happen? Like, is she just looked apprehensive? Like she, that's what she looked like to me. I don't know. I feel, but I got a crush on her. So, you know, (laughs) so of course you're going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I feel like she's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very wizard of Oz uh, in the sense that she is, the wizard's giant head and is just kind of like watching everyone because if you look around, she's always everywhere. She's always in different places. She's always watching someone. She's and whenever someone wants to know something, she's the one that has to give them the information. Yeah. Interesting. So I feel like it's very, uh, pay, pay no mind to the man behind the curtain kind of thing in the sense that someone else is controlling her or using her as a front or as a, as a mask, I guess to be like, I, I, 
they they trust me. They're going to uh, keep trusting me, and I will get whatever information from them that I need through them. So can I ask you a question, Hogan? Yeah, what's up? What have clocks ever done to you, man? Like, why are you so distrusting of them? <laughs> um, I've got no jokes for this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe another time. Yeah, um, I can kind of see both sides of that. Um, there's part of me that I agree with you to point Hogan. I, I, again, I think she knows more, but I can see that, that sense of apprehension where it almost kind of reminds me of a mixture between, as you mentioned, the wizard uh, from the wizard of Oz, but then also kind of Janet from the good place where it's like, it could just be that. Yeah. She has all the information and technically she does know the outcome, but she wasn't explicitly told that at the beginning, kind of spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the show, that things are maybe not as they appear to be um, and might not be as forthcoming with that information. So th- there's a part of me that it's like, I feel it could go either way. Either she's been in on it the entire time or she's just kind of that information tool that knows more than she lets on. But at the same time, it's not for a nefarious purpose. I'm going to say that it is uh, for a nefarious purpose for the singular reason that when Sylvie and Ravona were kind of going at it and were like uh, arguing with each other, Miss Minute straight up lies and says, oh, uh, what about the, uh, the time travel car? Hmm. Like she, she straight up fucking lies to buy time for Ravona. She knows something more is going on and is trying to protect her own her own image see i thought that she i thought that they just never got to the car because of what happened all the dudes rushed in no it was straight up a lie i thought that the car i thought that the car was real and they just didn't make it to the car because they got ambushed no i'm 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 calling it now that it was straight up a lie Mm. i'm not sure if i'm fully willing to like put my name to that I'm not a strong feeling on that. It's because you want to fuck this clock, yeah, too. She's not, she's not drinking the Kool-Aid, Hogan. You, you don't, wow, Kool-Aid, really? Sorry, sorry, Flavor-Aid. <laughs> oh. I actually just watched um, the whole thing on Jonestown. That was... It's it's haunting. It really oh, is. Oh, yeah. We've, we've, I, I'm a... we've watched just about everything on it, and it is brutal. Yeah, the tapes. Ugh. Anyways. Actually, you know, before we go on to uh, going back to Jonestown real quick, I do have a joke about it. Do you guys want to hear it? Of course. No, never mind. The punchline's too long. Damn it. God, son of a bitch. <sighs> oh, you're welcome. Oh, man. You're welcome. Matt, I know you're laughing. At I loved one. that. Will I, you marry me? Oh, boy. Um, da, 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 I'm not da, hearing da. a no. I, I'm not saying no. Hey! Uh, anyways, we're going back to Loki over here. Um, Ravona wants to know informi- information. Ravona wants to know information about the TVA. Um, but she said that. <laughs> but she said that she already knew what she was looking for. She asked Miss Minutes to uh, look up information about who started it. Um, and she already claims to have known this, like, in earlier episodes, like, who started it and who's running it and blah, 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 blah. Um, is Ravona starting to be like, hold the fuck up. Something is really, really a mess Like, something's not right here. 
I think she for sure knows that, but also I think it's just kind of that fake it till you make it. Like, I don't think she ever really had the answers. Yeah. She just said she did. Mm. Uh, I think she's just backing a winner. That's all I think. I think she's just jumping to whoever's in the lead. There, That is very fair. A good way to put it. Loyalty goes to the highest bidder kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like, because she seemed to be really on board. She was given information out. And then when she saw that, like, oh, all the all the the soldiers with the with the pruning rods are or the pruners, whatever, are here, I should not get pruned right now and just fall back into my position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're not wrong about that. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a really good assessment, Nate, that she's just back in the, the winner. Y'all giving me a gold star on that one. Yeah, you're, we are. Good yeah. for you. You earned it. You did it. Oh, this one thing. Um, Dang. Uh, um, Ida already knows me so well. Right? Right? She yeah. reads people a little too well. Um, I did want to take it back to, like, I want to say episode two of Loki. Um, Owen Wilson's character, Mobius, comments about how um, Ravona's uh, side table, I guess, has multiple uh, rings on it already from, um, from a cold drink being on there, right? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't think that Mobius is her first Mobius. Oh, I think that he's gotten too close to finding certain things out and she's had to prune him multiple times. Yeah, ah. I can see that. Because they're all technically variants. So she's keeping him around because she knows that he's the most competent, but also he keeps getting too close to certain things. So she keeps having to kill him and then go back in time and get a new one and erase his memory and start from scratch again. Yeah. But speaking of Mobius, um, who do we think he is a variant of? Okay, I so Joey's brother thinks that he's a Loki. Really? Huh. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. I that's the thing is is there not there's not much more than that. He has a hunch about it. Um it would sort of make sense, but then again, I mean so think about it. He can talk Loki into a corner. Like he can he can really like not and Loki talks people into a corner. So when you can take somebody that does that and do it to them, there's something special about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like he's just really good at it, it sounds like and this is kind of what I'm coming to right now, um, just thinking about it, is that it would make sense. What would you, who would be better to send after Loki's than a Loki that's been washed? Yeah. Yeah. No, that does make sense actually. That, that, and that's, that seems plausible. Yeah. I mean, at this point, literally anything is possible. Yeah. Wow. What about you? <laughs> you know, obviously I think that Mobius is a variant for You, you gotta, you gotta stay with me guys. Mm. Mephisto. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Okay, good night. Matt, shut it down. It's over. For for who? Mephisto from WandaVision, Hmm. right? Hmm. Like, he's obviously, he's the devil. I'm completely fucking with you. Um, I have no idea. I think it could be Loki. At the same time, I'm I'm not sold on it. If it pans out that way, it pans out that way. But I don't know if I buy that he's a Loki, especially... It, it, I don't know. He could just be a dude. Like his whole love for a jet ski has to mean something. Um, yeah. So I think we we need to like look at 
characters that have obsessions with jet skis. Um, but otherwise, yeah, <laughs> just I got I got nothing. Yeah, I, I, I think they're doing a good job of hiding whoever he is. And honestly, if they did just reveal him to be a poor schlub who got who got caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time. That would be fine, too. I, I love his character. Yeah, no, I really like him. I'd really almost prefer that he just kind of be just a dude. And that way, after this is over, he can go back to just being a dude. Yeah. Like, Well, depending on how it ends. I think I'm with you on that. So here's the thing. Here is my theory. Mobius? Mobius is played by Owen Wilson. We all know this. Wow. Um, I did. And, okay. Wow. And what is Mobius, or not Mobius, what is Owen Wilson known for? Like, what, what's his one thing that he says in everything that he's done? What's the chow? <laughs> Anyways, he says, wow. And what's the one thing that he hasn't said in this series? Wow. It's wow. So my theory is that Mobius is just an Owen Wilson variant that does not say wow. Go to bed. Go to bed now. <laughs> no. Uh, Nate, you're my new co-host. Wow. You owe me you owe me 30 seconds of my life. <laughs> Listen, Mr. Kachow, you need to chill. And huh? I don't and I don't hold myself in that high regard. You can waste my time, but you need to give that back. Yeah, well, you know what? I do hold you in that high of regard, so I'm not giving you that time back. You gotta go I, fight the timekeepers now. I, I am the timekeepers. <laughs> no. Hold on, let me be the timekeepers real quick. <laughs> Did you understand anything that I just said? I need subtitles. Yeah. I think you said, Nate, you're the coolest. <laughs> well, think again. Wow. <laughs> and we're back. And full circle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we got to ask, uh, I got to ask you guys, uh, just as a quick question, who is the best Loki variant and why is it Gator Loki? You know what? I was gonna, I was gonna fuck with you, but I completely agree. Gator Loki is awesome. Yeah. Gator Loki is the fucking best. Like I'm like, I am on the verge of getting a tattoo of Gator Loki. I was just thinking about like a cool Gator Loki tattoo idea. Ida, yeah. answer. You know, okay. No, I love Gator Loki. Um, honestly, though, I think is he was a blip and he's gone. I think it's got to be classic Loki for me right now, just because that Asgard illusion was phenomenal. Like, yeah, that was really really cool to see. Like, and his whole blaze of glory that was just worth it for me. But I mean, Gator Loki is is incredible. He he stole the show. He's that homie. He's that homie at the hardcore show that'll just fight anybody that you ask him to back you up with. Like, he'll he's ready. Yeah, just one shot. The dude's down. Yeah, he's he's just standing there with his with his uh, fucking terror shirt, and he's just ready to go. <laughs> the fucking terror shirt. I love that. <laughs> terror and a uh, a stick to your guns tattoo on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> I love he, has this. The, he has the RMA tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! There's my tattoo right there. There. I love this. I love this. That's um, that that's that's the kind of homie that we all aspire to be. Um, yeah, right, it's so gonna then- be Gator Loki posted up at the chain reaction with a windbreaker, <laughs> and he's 
He's doing that. He's doing that knuckle hold thing that the hard dudes do in the corner when they're about to go crowd kill. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I fucking hate crowd killers, dude. Yep. I'm just yep. trying to watch the show, man. Yeah. Same. I'm at okay, but for real though, one of these days I am going to die. If there's not a crowd killer at my funeral, just like swinging on fools that are that are crying about me, I don't want. I don't, I don't want a funeral. Then you know. I'll do it. Bet. Yeah. I'll do it. I was gonna make just tell me who I can and just tell me who I can and can't punch and I'll do my best. Leave my mom, my sister, and my brother out of it, and you good. Sick. Okay. I didn't want to punch any of them anyways. They're all too nice. No, they're so sweet, aren't they? Anyways, we're talking about my family. Uh, Matt, please edit all that out. That was um or don't you decide. We love you. (laughs) Um (laughs) so then we're gonna run over to the ending of uh this and or this whole Loki thing, and I am going to ask who is your or what is your final theory on who is running the TVA? Honestly, I don't have one. Um, as I've kind of learned with the other shows, they throw out whoever the hell they want to throw out. Like it, they can lead up as much as they want, and there's still been a lot where it's fan theories galore. So I haven't even been trying to theorize at this point. So yeah, what about you, Nate? Yeah, there's, there's, I agree with you. There, there's something really fun about throwing your hands up and like going down the splash mountain thing, right? Just let you, you're along for the ride and, and you can, you can try to nitpick and guess and, and do, and do your best comic nerd research, but they got a plan Mm -hmm. and their plan is to throw off comic nerds so that they can't predict things. Yep. Yeah, they and they've been doing been, such a good job of it. So, like, yeah, they've been doing really good at it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Kang, you know, I, that's that's my thing. But I, who knows? Yeah, it really could go any any direction at this point. As much as I would like to see it be Kang, I don't think that they're going to premiere him on the small screen. Mm. That's a good point. Because that's that's. I mean, if what I'm hearing and what I'm reading is correct, he's supposed to be like the next big villain of like the 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 new phases like how thanos was yeah the next thanos yeah yeah exactly um it would feel kind of like a disservice to have him premiere on the small screen you know uh-huh. yeah well especially since i'm sure there's fans that all they do is just watch the movies they have no interest in watching the shows yeah um, so for such a pivotal thing to be announced on a show I don't see as being as realistic. But then again, I mean, it, it does kind of make sense. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, it, it does make sense if they did it because it would kind of force the fans that only watch the movies to be like, well, shit, what have I been missing? Well, and also they have done things like that in post credit scenes where it's just a blip. Here's a tiny little hint that we're maybe going to have this character who's going to be big keep an eye out um so I mean, yeah like what they did with mordo in 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 dr strange yeah so you never know but they've been doing a really know. good job yeah. at at throwing off the fans and really just kind of letting you enjoy the ride as it goes like mm-hmm. yeah I, I completely agree i mean I, i'm loving i'm loving just about all the decisions that they're making besides maybe i don't know loki trying to fuck his female version of himself. I don't know. That's yeah. just a little too weird for me. But um, I'm I'm 100% for that. Okay. Ew. I love it. I'm sorry. I love it. I love also that he pointed out 
the narcissism of it all. Oh like yeah, that, no, that's that, if, if if they didn't make that that you know uh, observation, it would be a little bit weirder. But he said it, and you know that's the reason the writers put it in there is like, oh, you son of a bitch, you falling in love with yourself. No, yeah. you're right. I think at the end of the day, it's not going to end up that way. I think he's going to be like, I'm so glad I got to meet my like who I am. Uh, yes, as someone else, but um, I don't think that. God, I hope they don't kiss or anything. That'd be, I, I don't need any more Ray Skywalker, low, uh, whatever the fuck his name is. Oh, Ren. Yeah, that Ray. happened, huh? Ben. Yeah. Yeah, Ray Ben. What, what they call it, Raylo? Oh, no. God. <sighs> um, that sounds like a shitty DJ. <laughs> Please, welcome to the stage, Raylo. And it's just like yeah. him playing Ooh. super sad covers of emo songs. Oh. Um speaking yeah, of no. hey, have you guys sad, seen Cruella? No. Is it I, it did, it looks good but I'm not hearing good stuff about it. I you know what? I and I'm just going to say right now it's my favorite live action adaptation. Yo, what? It is it is a punk rock Disney movie mm-hmm. and I I dig it. Yeah, I heard I heard really good things at the same time. I've been burned by the Disney Plus premiere costs. I'll wait until it's available for free, personally. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, it, this definitely is the live action movie that's caught my interest the most. Yes, it, it is. And it is my favorite, but I completely intend for Jungle Cruise to take that over because I, I have such a big place in my heart for Jungle Cruise. So I'm, I'm ready. Actually, I am excited for Jungle Cruise. We saw the trailer for that today when we were uh, going to see the movie, and it looks like Same. a lot of fun. Yeah. I could take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking like, of taking or leaving it, uh, we need to talk about Bad Batch. Yeah. Um, emphasis on the bad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Have you watched any of it, Nate? Okay, so I have not, but I've been keeping up with the story. Mm. Um, so you don't have to worry about spoilers with me. Um, it was one of those things that I was I kept telling myself, nope, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch uh, Clone Wars. I'm gonna really I'm gonna really like really dive into this. And the show just kept coming, and I was like, "Well, I guess I missed it." <laughs> well, there's still so many episodes left. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> now, Nate, you said that you're keeping up with the story, right? Yes. What, I would like to ask story? you, um, what story? Um, because there's uh, nothing going on in this fucking show. Yeah. The well, the fact that uh, Boba Fett's Bart has Elisa now. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's super cool. Like he's got a whole ass sister who's out there in the universe somewhere. That's better than him. Yeah, two point. We're just we're gonna keep this this segment short because it's there's just nothing to talk about there. Yeah, I mean I can see again they're kind of I I don't even know what they're setting up at this point. Like no, they've gotten the you know they're kind of. Hinting, oh, she's got these powers. She has all this great luck, all this. And it just, it's kind of fizzling out for me. 
Um, I thought with the mid-season kind of finale bit that it was maybe finally going to get the ball rolling, and then it was two steps forward, three steps back. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just eh. Because we keep getting the same shit from them. It's 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 constantly oh um big mission we got to do, but in this one they had to leave Omega behind, uh, and it turns out that she's really good at gambling and strategizing and whatever the fuck game that she was playing and uh now she paid off their debt and uh what's his name um hunter the main guy hunter yeah it's like why'd you pay off our debt kid and she's like oh because i wanted to and like it 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 it's not working at all yeah i feel maybe if you watch clone wars prior like immediately there's part of me that feels like oh well because i didn't watch clone wars maybe i'm just missing stuff when i sit down and watch it and then we meet up on the podcast and go to talk about it and we're both just kind of eh maybe it's just not the show for me but yeah it's not that's what i was gonna say is maybe maybe this isn't um the type of star wars content that y'all are because like i've i've only heard great things about it yeah and and i i hear i hear that it's effing amazing and and my boy dave filoni he can't really do any wrong in my eyes i love dave filoni with a passion i think it should be filoni films now (laughs) but um uh, i i mean that's that's a whole other podcast but i i feel like i would enjoy it but for instance some of the people that i know for instance like uh, i just mentioned joey's brother he is um he's really big into all the all the the battle part of star wars so like he's in everything but like he thoroughly enjoys bad batch like he loves the story Mm -hmm. and he's pretty hard to impress when it comes to like star wars stuff yeah i just i i've also heard nothing but incredible things from a lot of my star wars friends and yeah i just it's i'm fully willing to admit it's perhaps not the show for me admittedly i still have a hard time sitting down watching clone wars and i have heard nothing but amazing things about that so yeah it's just not holding my attention clone wars was a was a stellar show i felt like that was such a phenomenal show and i uh, could watch it uh, forever and ever um <laughs> bad batch though like like the bad batch in clone wars because that's where they originally premiered in the in that show um they were they were monsters. They were so fun to watch, and they were so cool. And then when they announced that the show was coming out, like like the actual Bad Batch series, I was like, "Fuck yeah! Are you kidding me? This is gonna be awesome!" And now I'm over here like, "Can this thirty minutes be over, please?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly I how I feel uh, too. But I do gotta ask. I mean, I don't need. I have a couple question prompts, and over here it's like, oh, what is Omega's powers, and why do I think Wrecker is gonna die? I, I don't. I listen. I'm very passionate about this podcast. I love working it. I love doing it. I love putting in the time and effort for it. Can we move past this part? Yeah, please, because I can't. <laughs> it's like I'm watching an episode of The Bad Batch, <laughs> just talking about it. I can't fucking do this right now. It's so boring. <laughs> um, so we're going to move on to the final segment of the uh, episode. Uh, we're going to talk about the movie Dune. And we're also going to have Ida lead this one because I don't know anything about this movie. Oh. 
Same. Um, okay, so Dune is based off of a one of the most beloved sci-fi fantasy stories to come out. Um, it's actually a remake. The initial one, it was way, way, way back in the day, and that was with uh, Kyle MacLachlan as the lead. Wow. But it's kind of a coming of age story. I honestly don't know a heck of a lot about it anymore either. I think I saw the original Kyle MacLachlan movie and it was more of a, I put it on in the background. However, the trailer for the new version looks absolutely phenomenal. It's got a stellar cast with uh, Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, Javier Bardem, Oscar Isaac, Stellan Skarsgård. Like, it is heavy hitter after heavy hitter after heavy hitter in this very gritty sci-fi story um, based on this this world so yeah it's set to come out in theaters on october 1st and it'll also be out on hbo max on that same date and yeah yeah i you know what i think i'll just i'll watch tremors you know like i uh, it's sandworms right i don't know yeah it's it's definitely sand is kind of the currency and they have like the uh, yeah i and as well Listeners, I am probably getting this wholeheartedly wrong, so please feel free to message us on our social media and tell me just how wrong I am. I'd love to be informed. Um, yeah, you know, you said there's a lot of sand involved. Um, please make sure that Anakin Skywalker is informed about this, because uh, as I'm sure you know, again, what, again, what, what? D- Dune, Dune, even go there, buddy. Okay, <laughs> Nate, you're never coming back. Thank you. Wow. Um, sorry, continue. Go on. Tell me more about this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I've heard nothing but incredible things about the book. I know it's as well as super beloved as the old movie. I, I don't know. I'm really actually excited to, to see it. Uh, maybe then I'll be able to give you guys a better description of what it entails. <laughs> <laughs> now the, you you did mention the cast and it looks the cast sounds incredible um oh here we go here's a quote dune is a mythic and emotionally charged hero's journey which tells the story of paul atreides a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding who must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people as malevolent forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, a commodity capable of unlocking humanity's greatest potential, only those who can conquer their fear will survive. Oh. And that was a quote from an article on Nerdist, which is written by Eric Diaz. Now you said so, the... it's, so it's Waterworld. <laughs> yeah, it's Waterworld, but with sand. Yeah, you see, you said... The most, uh, what do you say about the the planet, the most dangerous planet in the galaxy, or whatever? Yes. You see, you said that, and my first thought was, "Oh, San Bernardino." Oh, dang! Dang! dang. Am I, the hate. Am I not wrong? I honestly don't even know no. much about it. So. You are wrong. Oh, I, am I wrong? You're right, because Hemet exists. Oh, 
Yeah, but Hemet's like Hemet's like Tatooine, right? Where it's like there'll be a couple of Tuscan Raiders out there, <laughs> but like that's it, you know. So San Bernardino is just a magical place with um, lots to do. And <laughs> 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 no to do, people to see. <laughs> you will never find a bigger hive of scum and villainy. Like it, yo, oh God, San Bernardino. Um, that, actually, when you when we say it like that, it does sound like a planet. Like, San Berdu. Why does everybody want to go back to San Berdu? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't say the 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 first guy that you mentioned, uh, Timothy. I can't say his last name. So mm-hmm. I uh, Louise Dreyfus. <laughs> oh okay, God! You can stay. You can stay. <laughs> so well, wait, no, hold on. What's his last name though? Say like say his Chalamet. full name. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Charmin Ultra. Less is more. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me, man. Um Oh boy. Yeah. Hey, when are when are you guys gonna review um uh Minions, the new Minions movie? Oh, the Rise of Gru? There's a new one? Rise of Gru, yeah. When it comes out. All right, cool. Yeah, I have Can- it on the list. It is set to come out July 1st, 2022. All right, I'll be ready. My I- Google Doc is coming in handy, guys. <laughs> it actually really is. I'm loving that. We're getting our research game <laughs> up, so you don't have to have a whole edited segments that you don't even know we're talking about. Edit this out, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you're wonderful as usual. Yes, thank you so much for everything you do. We miss you on this uh, podcast. Um, Anyways, guys, this really brings us to the end of our show. It does. Um, I know that we're ending it kind of abruptly, but... um, What, is there supposed to be a song or what? (laughs) How else are you Yes, we come together and sing... I love you. You No, love I was going to go it's, with it's, one of the new Bo Burnham songs. For so long. <laughs> oh, God. But we'll sing just one more song. Oh, this so long. Farewell to you, my friends. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah, we're God. really throwing it back with that one, aren't we? Yeah. I want to watch Gola Gola Island. I never watched that show as a kid. Oh, it was great. Uh, um, right. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's been great, guys. <laughs> Uh, we 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 can't uh, actually no. Before we go, Nate, thank you for being on the show. Matt, put some some applause in there. Nate, thank you for being on this week's episode. We really do appreciate you coming around and taking time after your long ass day, which we hope your interview went well. Yes. Uh, it should have gone well because you're kind of a badass. Um, <laughs> we we really genuinely cannot wait to have you on here again. Everyone, say bye to Nate. The uh, the one, the only, the master of the barbecue, Mr. Nate from Earache. <laughs> he uh, joined us again today, and we love him very much. Um, but that being said, this is the end of our episode. Nate, you have five seconds to give us some advice. Go. Cool. Um, there's uh, Time's up. Yeah. But God you can it. tell us where to find you if you'd yeah, like. Yeah, tell us where to find you. Oh, yeah. You've got time for that. 
you guys can find me. Um, actually, you guys can find my show at Earache on Instagram. Uh, we release we release every week, and it's it's fun. And we also have a Patreon with a really supportive little little group of uh, of supporters. And we made a lot of changes to the show, so we're really stoked. Um, tune in for that. And uh, you guys can find me on Instagram under Breakdown Barbecue. Go ahead and search that. Now, barbecue is that spelled out, or is that BBQ? It's spelled out. Okay, cool. So good clarification. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Of course, you know, gotta gotta look out for the homies. Um, and then of course you guys know where you can find us under Geekly by Weekly on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, though we don't use that too often. And then all the streaming platforms that you yeah, can think like of. Hogan, five seconds to give some advice. Go. Um wipe correctly. Time's up. Not so easy, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Both were great. <laughs> um, Ida, five seconds to give some advice. Uh, keep your Tupperware with your lids. Oh, that is a good one. Oh, hey, that was a good one. <laughs> I try to give actual really advice every week, guys. I need to start writing it out though, because it's expected. Uh, that was so, that was so good. <laughs> We're gonna have to start switching it up though, and be like, and not do it a couple weeks, and then just be like, oh, uh, hey, guess what? Five seconds to give me advice. Um, yeah. <laughs> because now you're just starting to expect it. Trustful. Yeah, and I can't have that. But to be fair, the one thing I was expecting, but we didn't talk about anything because it happens every week, is a um, ideal celebrity pick for characters. But we didn't talk about any content, so I got oh, away with it this week. You're right. We <laughs> didn't. Um, all right, then you know what? Let's, let's just. I know that we're trying to end uh, end the show, but fuck it. We're gonna do one last thing. Um, Nate, if you had to pick one person to play Hercules in the upcoming Disney live action version of Hercules, who would you pick? Seth Rogen. (laughs) (laughs) But like as Hercules, right? Yes. Um, no, I'm totally fucking with you. Um, that's actually, that's a tough one because you got to get someone... You got to get someone rocked, right? You got to get someone with with some muscles, or someone that's willing to gain it. I would say the redhead dude from Riverdale. Oh, he's a, he's a cutie pie, right? You think he can go the distance? I don't know. <laughs> God, I sure hope so because um, that's who they cast. No, I'm kidding. They didn't cast him. We have no idea who they're casting yet. Um, all right, then uh, we're we're gonna take uh, Ida. Who's yours? Ooh, Danny DeVito. <laughs> no, um, please. I- <laughs> you know sweet cheeks i'm real too Honestly, i'm so mad that she did that because i was about to be like so anyways i started blasting <laughs> <laughs> sorry go on uh, i think it would be a good pick to have what's his name that you mentioned uh nate let me let me see let me get the actor's name that would be Archie. <laughs> Archie. I really do think, though, I think that they would need to get somebody with not that big of a name. I think that they do really well with finding actors that no one knew existed mm-hmm. for, for playing these roles, and they end up being, like, the perfect role. And And I just think that... I think that they could find somebody, maybe, maybe that looks a little more Greek. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd I'd like it to be a little more appropriate, culturally appropriate. Yeah. 
What about you, Hogan? Exactly. I genuinely have no one. Yeah. Honestly, not a single person. Um, I am going to say we are going to de-age John Stamos. Perfect. And have him play Herc. Young Herc. Wonderful. Just CGI his face. CGI the entire movie because, I don't know, they fucking <laughs> did it with uh, Lion King. Lion King and every Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland movie. Oh. Um, anyways, we're supposed to be saying goodbye. Goodbye, guys. This has been fun. We love you. Um, when you turn off this podcast, I need you guys to do me a favor. Please go out into the world and be good to other people and be good to yourself and stay hydrated because wherever you're listening from, it's probably ridiculously hot like it is in California. Um, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Be good. Be kind. Uh, and if you're going to cause trouble, just don't get caught. Yep. See you in a couple weeks, you guys. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.